0: Janmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Janmark. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. In he comes. Fakes. He scores. Mark Stone. Short-handed goal. Took the goal off its pegs. Lost his stick. But more room to pump his fist this is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show your destination for inside access with the team exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League here are your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace three game week for the Vegas Golden Knights off to Denver for a game tomorrow and then it's a back to back scenario playing the Stars on Wednesday before returning for Nevada Day on Friday against the Anaheim Ducks. And we have tickets to give away for that Friday game against those Ducks. Uh, at some point during the course of our number two of the VGK Insider Show, we will uh, serve up an opportunity for you to attend that game. Five o'clock start, if I'm not uh, mistaken for uh, that game on Friday. That is correct. Before we get to that, it'll be a couple of road games uh, against the Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas Stars. Uh, I'm excited to see the Dallas Stars. I saw a lot of the Colorado Avalanche uh, last year. Uh, Avalanche uh, have uh, a win and that was against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they're off to a sluggish start uh, to kick off this season. We'll see what gives tomorrow night uh, in the Mile High City. Uh, Looking forward to it. What time is your pregame show on tomorrow, Ryan?
1: Tomorrow? uh, 5 o'clock game, 4 o'clock pregame show. So I am preempting both of us for the entirety of the day. Really? whole VGK insider show tomorrow.
0: Yep. Really? I thought yeah. at least we had an hour tomorrow. I'm disappointed in that because I wanted you, to you, uh, I had a lot, you of, know how a lot time of things. Yeah, right? I know I had a lot of a lot of things I wanted to get off my chest and I'm not sure this This second hour is going to open up enough time. So we had two games on the weekend. Uh, Edmonton on Friday, and that was a uh, 5-3. Oilers victory with Connor McDavid walking out with a couple of points. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl with uh, three. Uh, The big boys did their damage, uh, but uh, Vegas was was right in it. It was a really fun hockey game. And uh, in the third period, the Golden Knights poured it on and couldn't get through Miko Koskinen for the breakthrough goal, empty net goal, uh, sealed it uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And then yesterday, a 2 nothing victory by the New York Islanders over the Vegas Golden Knights, in which you could make a case that Vegas played its best game of the year. Uh, a little disappointed in the third period uh, with the Islanders playing on a back-to-back that, uh, that Vegas wasn't able to take more of a stranglehold of, of that game. But the first two periods were were exactly what you would want to draw it up, except for you don't score. And uh, the Islanders uh, notched an early goal and then a late goal. Uh, Josh Bailey scoring and then Matthew Barzell uh, notching uh, a short side goal. What a shot, a sizzler yeah. to uh, yeah. to the short side on, on Robin Leonard. So a, a couple of losses for the Vegas Golden Knights now dropping to one and four. And we've got our ratings uh, to come.
1: Yeah, so uh, you all know the new rating scale. We'll go over it one more time. I don't have visual cues for Darren Millard because apparently he needs those for peppers, but it is the spice of pepper. That is what we are doing for our ratings this year on the VGK Insider Show. A one out of five is a bell pepper, the least spicy. Number two, jalapeno. Number three, habanero. Number four, ghost pepper. And then five, the hottest pepper, the Carolina Reaper. Now, that all being said... I am choosing to do each game individually. I'm not going to do a, a cumulative uh, rating here because I think one game is clearly a, a habanero and one is clearly a jalapeno. So uh, for me, the game against the Oilers was a habanero. It was a fun game. Uh, I thought the golden Knights were, were able to claw themselves back. You score three goals. You feel good about it. The power play at least looked decent for the golden Knights. Um, You know, Nolan Patrick picks up his first goal. There there are certainly no shortage of storylines that you can attach to, leave that game feeling good about. Um, So that, to me, is the habanero of the weekend for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, The the game last night against the Islanders, to me, a jalapeno. It's a two out of five. Anytime you get shut out, I understand they had a ton of shots, but they actually end up losing the high-danger scoring chance battle at the end of the game. The, the Islanders did more with less than the Golden Knights did with more. Um, it's a jalapeno for me.
0: I'm giving two habaneros because of the things that you said for Friday night's game. Connor McDavid. Yeah. That's thrilling to watch. Uh, you don't usually go for the other team, especially when your team is a Stanley Cup contender,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was sensational, watching him do his thing and I I will say this Zach Hyman's addition to the Edmonton Oilers might be the most significant free agent acquisition in a decade for that team, because of what he's going to do uh, to the second line and then to that team's power play, uh, trying to get it going. But uh, uh, that Vegas played a really good uh, game, got better as the game went on. You got some first goals uh, out of a couple of guys like Nick Waugh and, and Nolan Patrick and Nick Hag, and you were right in it. And uh, unfortunately, every mistake that Vegas seems to make right now goes right back into the net, and that's what happened mm-hmm. on Friday night. And last night in the third period, uh, it, it occurred again. Uh, I, I'll, I'll have an error yesterday because of the shots on goal and the and the pressure that they, they provided. It didn't score. Yeah, but uh, I'll go three out of five just because there was two more players knocked out. Zach Whitecloud and Nolan Patrick uh, were lost from Friday's game to, to last night. <sighs> I, I can't explain it. It's an infestation. Like, do you guys do you guys use the uh, the pest spray people like for the for the spiders and the scorpions? Do you guys use that around the the house? The people that come out.
2: Yeah, I used to have a guy come out one when, when I yeah. lived up in Summerlin. So you, you there's there's people that
0: go, I don't, I don't I don't see any scorpions spiders, I don't need that. And then they'll go one summer or two summer nothing nothing nothing, and then all of a sudden there's five scorpions in your house, and that that. That's what it feels like right now. It's been it's been good. It's been good, and now, boom! This this year, the injuries have just piled up. It's it's ridiculous. But uh, getting off topic, uh, two habaneros
2: for me. I'm John. gonna my my ratings are actually the same as Ryan's. I thought Friday night was was a fun game. It was entertaining. They they had some some pretty big goals. Nick Higgs' goal certainly uh, comes to mind. You see
0: his reaction to
2: it. Yeah, it was cool.
0: It was like, ah, <laughs> I didn't think I'd score that.
2: <laughs> cool as a cucumber, right? Yeah. Uh, and then last night, I'm, I'm with Ryan as well. I, I I'm gonna go jalapeno. Look, I, I understand they had 42 shots. Here's the, the the thing, they gave up that early goal, and I never felt like they were a threat to get back in that game and win it. And I I know, like we said, they had 42 shots, you didn't? but I I never I I thought the Islanders, they probably could have scored a couple more goals. Robin Leonard played really well. Um, I think if Robin Leonard was average last night, the Golden Knights probably lose that game by three or four goals. And the
0: same as Sorokin, I thought Sorokin was the first
2: star. Yeah, he was good, um, well, but, if, but if, if, if only if you like perfection. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I never, <laughs> I, I never really felt like they were a threat to win the game. I mean, I, I even made comment to, to someone in the press box. I'm like, the Islanders are in full control of this game, despite the fact that Vegas has 42 shots. And then you
0: were tweeting up a storm yesterday. And then
2: Barzal has that has that fantastic. Yeah, I like to tweet during games. Uh, Barzal had that fantastic goal, and, and it came from a really good defensive play, which is not surprising with that team, and the game was done. It was over at that point.
0: How many tweets did you put out yesterday?
2: I, I don't know. You want me to
0: look? More than 15. Darren, how many tweets did you put
1: out today that made sense? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, think I tweeted today. Hmm. Did I tweet
1: today? Something, something about vacuums. I don't, I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. 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 yeah, there was a, a thread going in about how I vacuum like a Zamboni. Yes,
2: yeah. but it didn't really make sense.
0: Yeah. So I, I just tagged on to, to that.
2: So the what, last... What, what was the point you were trying to make there? Just, uh, like, vacuuming.
1: Oh, okay. Got it.
2: I did tweet out a picture of a guy in a Rick DiPietro jersey. Yeah. No, you tweet a lot. Let's see. There's three, Hey, four, What, what five. was the
1: significance of the DiPietro jersey? Like, I just, the Islanders well, in town.
2: Yeah, I just thought it was cool. The guy, the guy's rocking a Rick DiPietro jersey. I mean,
1: I mean that was I, one of the cornerstones of of the franchise at one point. Like, yeah, but but still getting paid yeah, by them, assume. man. Yeah, yeah. You have to assume that like someone's going to like Rick DiPietro. Like, I, I wonder one. if it was
2: his father. You know, maybe it was his dad sitting in the crowd I watching don't. the game.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Highly I saw a, <laughs> uh, I saw a Gordon Fisherman's jersey in the, I did. In the there crowd was a woman night. that
2: they showed last night. She was rocking it.
1: It's fantastic.
0: I talked to Travis Green last day, last week in the chirp uh, about the fisherman jersey he wore. It. He Did said it? it was. He said it was fine. He liked it. The players, yeah. players seemed to get a kick out of it. I, I think I, it's a great jersey. I didn't feel you the do. same. No. Mm. I mean, you're you're kind of, you know, traditional. Stick in the mud. And, and that. then that like yeah. that like exactly. aqua
2: aqua fresh blue that they put in there. I wasn't wasn't feeling that either.
0: So yesterday's Islander jerseys are. Uh, a little bit of a tweak on the the original ones. Do you like those that version?
2: I like the logo. I think it's cool how they really incorporate Long Island in mm-hmm. in their logo and I think that that's look, if you're an Islanders fan, that's the that's the logo that you will always remember for eternity because of that dynasty. Yeah,
0: Islanders have sneaky good jerseys.
2: They're 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 pretty tr- they're pretty cool. I I mean, not that I would rock one, but but I think they're they're very uh, they're,
0: <laughs> you would
1: you no, totally would. would. No, no, I've seen you, the stuff you, get... you wear, <laughs> Chapman. Chapman, if you got a Barzell jersey, you'd wear, you'd oh, wear it. Oh, well, one hundred That's
2: that's only because of the name on the back. For and Darren may not right. know, but I I but, have I have a crush on Matthew Barzell. Like I love that guy. I think he's mm-hmm. so fantastic, and he's super super friendly guy. Do so really you know nice why the guy.
0: Islanders got him? No, he slipped down to sixteen. <laughs> where where did he slip down to? Um, I I think you're right, but give me give
1: me a couple of moments, and I'll I'll pull it up. What what was the draft year?
0: So he was supposed to go high, top ten, uh, Seattle Thunderbird, and he was on a road trip with the Thunderbirds. They got into Saskatoon for a road trip, and they got off the bus into the, the room, and they they were goofing around, just being kids, goofing around, and. He fell and hurt himself. Hurt his knee, and we had to had to go back and do the full rehab and everything. And when a player gets hurt like that in their draft year, they their their stock falls. We we watched it. Krebs uh, got hurt, right?
2: Um, well, he wasn't goofing around.
0: No, but- no, no. But but when players get hurt when they're in their draft year, but it it had less to do with the horsing around. But it was just the a fluky how he got hurt. They just got off the bus and they were. They were uh, having some fun, and he suffered that injury and then slips down uh, the draft board, and Seattle takes the chance where if they were drafting in the top ten, they probably wouldn't have
2: taken him there,
0: even though if he was healthy, he was supposed to go. And and they, they fall into uh, a, a perfect situation. Amazing.
2: Worked out for them. S-
1: such a phenomenal draft to look back on. It was the... <laughs> Yeah, twenty fifteen NHL entry draft is that the one you're? T- are you talking about the NHL draft? Why, how he ended up in in with the Islanders because yeah. the Boston Bruins had the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth pick
0: and kept them all
1: that, and they kept them all, and it was Jacob Zobril, mm-hmm. Jake DeBrusque, and Zachary Senshin. Mm -hmm. Those are the three names that went ahead of Matthew Barzell and then Kyle Connor at 17 and Thomas Shabbat at 18. Imagine for a moment, imagine for a moment, just a moment, uh, the Boston Bruins with Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat on their team.
0: Right. Or Jake But I think Jake Dabrowski is, it was fine there. Uh, given, given what, uh, what he's become, I know he was a healthy scratch a little bit last year, but Mm -hmm. that, That's a situation where teams outsmart themselves. One, they were trying to move a couple of the picks for trades. And the deals fell through. And they were left with the picks. So they had to use them. Then when you have multiple picks, you get cute. Every team gets cute. And you you start looking at need instead of best player available. Yeah. And... That's what happened. Zorbril, like I at the time, I didn't mind that pick. But when in, in retrospect, like Kyle Connor, three mm-hmm. stars of the week today. Do you see the yeah. the release from the National Hockey League? Yeah. Connor scored a couple goals. No, it was Connor, McDavid, and who's the third one? But it but it said Connor, McDavid, and I'm like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> but it was Kyle Connor and then McDavid. Uh, was 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 the press release. By the way, some uh, some
2: cool stats about Barzal. Oh yeah. He <laughs> scored his first goal against Henrik Lundqvist. He was also the first rookie since Joe Malone to have three five point games in a rookie season. Do you know what year Joe Malone played? Uh nineteen twenty four. Close, nineteen seventeen, eighteen season. Oh. Also Carter. tied Brian Trottier for most assists by a Islanders rookie. Trottier. When I didn't say Trottier, right? Yeah, that's what I said.
0: Trottier, not Trotier.
2: Oh, Trottier? Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: Connor McDavid and Sorokin.
0: Sorokin, right? Ah. Yeah.
1: Connor uh, McDavid and Sorokin. Connor All McDavid
0: done. Sorokin. Uh, weird. Uh, weird how that worked out. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's I want to go back to um, uh, a couple of things that were that were pointed out. The power play is the focal point
1: mm-hmm. of
0: what's going on. They still have the misfit line. Going, and it's together. Would you do anything given that Pete DeBoer says the cavalry's not coming, and now you're down. I, I don't know what Nolan Patrick's status is. Uh, we got word late uh, yesterday afternoon that that he wasn't going to be able to go. Uh, so you're, you're down another forward. Zach Whitecloud uh, is is out for a little bit. Would you consider breaking up the misfit line? To spread some things around, or do you stick with the misfit? I'm I'm legitimately wondering because just a they're playing them on the power play, they're playing them uh, as a line, and neither's really working right now. Yeah, I mean it,
1: it's you know two games really in a row where where you haven't really seen much in terms of generation or production from that line. The times now. You split them up. You see if there are different configurations that can yield you a little bit more offense. Um, I would split them up because it'd be one thing to say to have this discussion and say no, you can't do it if you've got, you know, four or five points for each guy, but you don't have that right now, and the Golden Knights need to try something different in order to get the production up.
0: Would you put them on three separate lines? I don't know. That's a
1: tough one, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I like the idea of going with Peyton Krebs, William Carlson, and Riley Smith. I, I just we we saw that in the preseason, and albeit it was one game against the Avalanche up in Colorado, and it was only half the game because of an injury. But like I thought that that line had some some really good chemistry, some some interesting plays. I, I would go that direction, and then. You know, I would I would surround Chandler Stevenson with with Dodanov and and Jonathan Marciusso and just see if there's something there that you've got a speedster and you've got two guys that are, are are no slouches when it comes to shooting the puck and see if you can generate something there.
0: I would love to see Dodanov with Carlson for a game.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean that that like. I don't know that there's necessarily a wrong decision no, no. there, right? Like no. if you go, if you go to with, with Carlson and Smith, like that might be something that is, is familiar enough to what you usually get out of the misfits, but freeze up Jonathan March. So to go and play with somebody else, maybe you get a little bit of fresh, uh, fresh ideas or fresh thinking on the ice and it turns into goals. Like, I, I don't think there's any wrong
0: answer, but I do think a split needs to happen with those three. Uh, the, the power play is the bone of contention. The Misfits have to do more, both on the power play and 5-on-5. Five five. They're, they're 1B on this team. And that's where I can see a difference being made uh, with the organization trying to throw in uh, a couple of wins to get through this and survive this. Because, to be quite honest, it's not going to get any better in the next four or five days. You're going to have to find ways to win with this group in a National Hockey League game, which is tough. And we all know what they're, what they're up against, but you still, yeah, you, you can't lose every game. You got to throw a, a victory up there a, a couple of times. That's where it starts for me. And if you want to be top line, they're they're still together. They're still uh, there's continuity there. That is the part that has to produce. I don't know whether you want to call it pressure or expectations, but. Those three players, with their experience together, have to be able to contribute more than they are right now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And, and you know, again, I, I think that if, if they were going right now for the Golden Knights, right, if they were chipping in a goal or two every night and, and you're getting that production from them, then it becomes a little bit more difficult to to break them up. But right now, when there's really nothing, and you're coming off of a shutout loss, like I think this is the perfect time to try some different configurations and see if you have something uh, that might work a little bit better, at least in in the short term, until you get closer to full health.
0: What did you think of Daniil Miramanov's debut?
1: Yeah, I I thought Miramanov was was pretty good. Honestly, He's fun. I just need to watch. I, I okay so like the thing with Mirmanov and and the thing that we're all going to going to kind of you know focus in on is yeah he's he's got the great offensive instincts we've we've seen that in the preseason there were sh- moments last night where he jumped into the play and he jumped into the zone and tried to keep some plays alive tried to make some plays you like to see that out of a young defenseman that has the the offensive capabilities that he does have but in his own zone defensively like I I didn't notice Mirmanov out of position much I didn't notice him making egregious plays in his own zone and that's kind of the progression you want to see Mm. from him I thought he was really good in his debut Um, you know the only thing he didn't do was
0: score he was aggressive and in his own zone I did pay very close attention we had uh, uh, a camera following him around and he was good in his own zone Uh, with his reach and his skating and his reads. Uh, he was really good. I, I sent a text to uh, a hockey person that I know, that I trust, uh, who, who is very familiar working with the defensemen uh, out east, and I asked if they had a chance to watch, and he said no. But I said, this is this off character, and he's a character. I love talking to him. <laughs> uh, he said, what's he like? He reminds me of a, this is me t- saying the text, he reminds me of a juvenile moose. Uh, he's big strong he's fast a little awkward at times uh but full of confidence that he he's he's not afraid to go places he's lanky uh he's he's still on the younger side but he's fast he's strong and he's confident and, and I thought that was a real jolt uh yesterday to this group
1: yeah I again I, I thought he had a strong game um you hope that he he kind of just continues to improve and continues to get better and, and settles in. Uh, but it, it's about what he does defensively more than anything, especially when you know you look at the Golden Knights right now. Without Martinez, without White Cloud, uh, you need some guys that are, are able to handle minutes in their own zone. I thought Miramanov did that well enough last night to, to ensure he's in the lineup on Tuesday. I really do.
0: Uh, Shea Theodore was really good on Friday. Uh, probably not as noticeable, but still okay. Yesterday, uh, I think we're seeing some signs of progression and getting back to, to the top level of his game.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's it's kind of been up and down. It, it, you know, a, a good game, uh, a, a game that's not quite to hit to his standard for mm-hmm. Shea Theodore. Kind of kind of going on in a wave here, but um, you know, I, I think that that a lot of that has to do with with not getting as many reps in preseason because he was dealing with something, and you know. Again, not to not to sit here and make excuses, but I expect Shea Theodore to be better, and I expect the the production that you are losing from having those guys out of the lineup, it's got to come through Shea Theodore. It's got to come from Alex Petrangelo, and and you need those two guys specifically to to really step up and help the Golden Knights find a couple of wins here.
0: Do you think yesterday was significantly better defensively, or covered up by some saves by Robin Leonard?
1: Yeah, I you know I I thought that they were. I thought they were better defensively for longer stretches in the game last night than they were against uh, against the Oilers and at times um, against the Blues. Like against the Blues, there there was essentially no defense. Like on either side, it was just kind of a loose, free for all, up and down mm-hmm. game. Um, I thought it got better against the Oilers, but still too many mistakes. And then you look at last night. I thought the Golden Knights for stretches were were significantly better. Um, for longer periods in the game against the Islanders.
0: The Vegas game 5-on-5 five five has increased dramatically from that loss against Los Angeles. Yeah, And I'm talking shot differential, and there's other analytics, but they're a little complicated for me to get into uh, and, and paraphrase. But just based on shot differential 5-on-5, five five, better every game. Weirdly, they've dropped all four, but mm. L.A., St. Louis... Edmonton and then the New York Islanders they've improved and the the last three they're on the plus side which is the the big dn part of the dna of this hockey club is five on five that tells me a lot of things beyond just the result which result uh is starting to become a big thing
1: yeah I mean the results matter here and and you know it's we we remember Pete talking about the process and and you know you, you stick to the process even if the results aren't there immediately you, you trust in it you expect that it's going to happen. Uh, we're getting to that stage, right? I think we're mm-hmm. getting to that that game number where the results have to match the process. It it has to start becoming more regular, and for the Golden Knights, uh, you have to be encouraged by how they're playing and the effort that they're putting into the games, but. You know, it's, it's a results-oriented business. you got to start putting wins in the column.
0: You know what you need? You need a game like Pittsburgh had against Toronto on the weekend where they were missing Latang, <laughs> Crosby, Malkin, and Rust. Yeah. Yeah. And they blitzed the Maple Leafs. Now, the Maple Leafs had four goals go off their own players and in, which I've, I don't think I've watched something like that happen. Go, and I think it was four goals in a row that bounced in off Maple Leafs and, and in behind Jack Campbell. But you just need one of those nights where even though you're down players, something happens, whether it's luck, good bounce, uh, hard work, uh, somebody having the, the game of their life. You need one of those to, to go your way, where you find a way to just get two bonus points and maybe – Hopefully that happens tomorrow night. I mean, that's a big challenge uh, against Colorado team that uh, that has gone through its own COVID uh, little battles right now uh, without the coach and without some key players, but they, they look like they're healthy again uh, and, and ready to go. Uh, that, that will be challenge. Is that the unexpected performance? We'll see. Uh, then you've got the back end of a, a double header, uh, two and two uh, against Dallas. That'll be a challenge. So it's... You, you gotta find a way to win one of these uh these these games this week, uh, with Colorado, Denver or sorry, Colorado, Dallas and and Anaheim.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, you know, you're you're looking big picture, you're looking for just that next win, but you know, in terms of these next three games, if the Golden Knights are able to come out out of it with you know, four to five points. That's that's yeah. what you're hoping for because you're 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 two out of two out of a possible ten. You've got to start making up some of that ground that you're losing out on here with with the one and four start. So, um, you know, you're looking at this as as trying to capture as many points as you can over the next three games.
0: We have two tickets available to Friday's game against the Anaheim Ducks. The next home game for the VGK is Nevada Day, five o'clock start. If you want to go, Ryan, what color should they be?
1: Ooh, caller number, let's go with 17.
0: Any significance to that or just a random?
1: No, no, no significance at all. Just random.
0: Who used to wear 17 for the Anaheim Ducks? It'll it'll click into my brain There the game. There, there
1: was no tie in with the Anaheim nope. Ducks. No. Okay. Uh, Caller number 17
0: to 702 876 1340. 702 876 1340. Caller number 17, you are going to Friday's game of the VGK against the Anaheim Ducks on the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Go on to the near wing. Big shot, me score.
0: It's
2: time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
0: And it's a tie
2: hockey game. On the BGK Insider Show. Okay, shameless plug
0: uh, time. And Chapman will pull a a clip for later on in the week. Because it's a wonky week with with the show this week. With early starts for the Vegas Golden Knights preemption. But uh, we're finally running the Robin Leonard conversation that I had with him prior to the season on the Chirp podcast with Darren Millard, and there's some interesting stuff in there. Now, this conversation was recorded before the Twitter controversy, so it doesn't have anything to do with that, nothing. We just wanted to hold off on publishing it, uh, the National Hockey League wanted to hold off on publishing, because nobody would have really paid any attention to the content of this interview, because they would have been looking for juice from the, uh, the other stuff. So we're finally going to uh, to put this out. We're excited to, for you to hear it. There's some Olympic uh, news in it. Uh, also, why Robin Leonard is excited and looking forward to winning the Stanley Cup. And it's not the exact reason that you would necessarily believe or go to. Uh, there's uh, like name of the cup, ring, all that kind of stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. So there's uh, that drops tonight at about 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, go to uh, your podcast uh, provider and uh, subscribe to the Chirp podcast with uh, with Darren Millard, with uh, Robin Leonard. Nick Kiprios is also going to be on it. Uh, Kippy and I discussed the Chicago Blackhawks thing. Uh, by thing, I mean not leading at all this year. Weird. Longest stretch ever from the start of a season to, to not lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You, you know You know why that is? They're not good.
0: Can I ask a dumb question?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: And you can make fun of me. I give you all the authority to make fun of me. Not that you need that. Yeah. So if if Chicago plays Thursday night Mm -hmm. and they go to overtime Mm -hmm. and they win, does that count as a lead?
1: I don't think – I don't think – winning no I don't think it does I think it counts as a win for sure but I don't think that you're leading in the game the game is over there's no lead time in that game you just scored the last goal
0: so it's possible for this streak to continue and the Blackhawks to win a game and then carry on with the absence of of an actual lead
1: yeah now you're you're getting way ahead of yourself thinking the Blackhawks are going to win a game but yeah you're right yeah just, just, they could, they could, in theory, win a game in overtime, and still have not led this season.
0: And the streak would continue. Yes. Uh, I don't know whether you saw last night. They had a five-on-three, and they had a timeout, and Jeremy Collison handed the the dry race board to the players, yep. Jonathan Taves and company, and said, "You guys draw up the play." Mm-hmm. The explanation after the game was. They like added some context to it. He just said, sure. uh, "I don't have all the answers. Uh, We're losing. Uh, give them the opportunity." They drew up a good play, and they actually got a good they good, got a good chance out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the optics of it. I understand why he did it. We all get frustrated, like, um, and and in the conversation with with Kipper, like he talks about Mike Keenan and some of the stuff he did that yeah. never really made it out there uh, about how he would let the players do their own thing during games. Some just funny stuff, uh, but the optics of that last night, uh, I didn't like it, and I hate to jump to conclusions, but I wonder if there's going to be some some ramifications to it.
1: So, ordinarily, I I would push back, but I'm with you on this one. Like, I, I, even if you even if you want the input of your players, like even yeah. if you just ask them, what do you guys want to run here, or what do you have in mind? At least you're the one that's going through the motions. Like to me, in the moment watching it, it just looked like a coach that was fed up and players that were fed up listening to their coach. Um, I understand the context. I get the nuance that Colleton tried to add in, in in on the other side of it. But you're right. The optics for a team that's 5 and one and hasn't led yet this year—they looked terrible in the moment.
0: Do you think it's sooner than later that they make a change there? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Be- because, like, this wasn't this wasn't an organi- organization devoid of expectations this year, right? Like, you make the moves you do in the offseason. You bring in Marc-Andre Fleury. You bring in Seth Jones. You get Jonathan Taves back. You're expecting to be better. And it, in essence, this team has taken a step back from where they were last year.
0: Yeah, Uh, I don't know whether they're going to make a change I don't know whether if they do make a change it'll be a coach or whether it's uh, up top Uh, but I do know that the person that I would put in there whether it's coach or manager or whatever he already has a fancy job but I would put Eddie Olchek in Yeah, I I would let him be my manager I would let him be my coach wouldn't give him both jobs yeah
1: you're not wrong you're not wrong. I mean, I like it, it would be something different for sure. And, um, you know, you, you go, you go with a guy that that knows the organization inside and out and you go with a guy that that's had success before. I, I don't hate that idea at all.
0: Hmm. We'll watch and, and, and see it's, it's nasty though, with the, uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, chatted with yeah. a couple of people before the show today, just about what's going on there. And it's, uh, as much as the players and the coaches back yesterday after that, that game, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is struggling. Uh, the offense isn't, isn't producing. Uh, Kane is out right now. It's, it, it hasn't gone anywhere near uh, what they hoped. Uh, Jack Eichel giving it one more shot, trying to convince the Buffalo Sabres, let me get the disc replacement surgery instead of the fusion surgery. And if it, uh, if it doesn't go right, if they don't convince the Buffalo Sabres, then they're going to grieve. I don't. Uh, I, I said this to Gary Lawless yesterday. We were chatting off the air uh, because Eichel was going to be one of our conversations on uh, Lawless and Order. And in all seriousness, I said, "What? What is Jack Eichel going to grieve? Like, what's he filing the grievance for?" And Lawless looked at me like I was uh, had five arms. Like, of course, they're, he's grieving the the surgery like he wants his own surgery well in in the cba it says the team has the right to to decide so it's in the cba i don't know how you grieve something that's in the cba
1: i'm not sure um i don't know but at least you exhaust all your options like if you're jack eichel in this situation right like um I would go through every single avenue that I could, and even if I lose the grievance, then that would mean that when I just decide to have my surgery anyway and void my contract, at least I know I tried to go through the proper channels and the best ways that I could to figure mm-hmm. out a way to come to a, a decision that makes sense for everybody and not just the Buffalo Sabres.
0: See, going ahead with the surgery, that's one possibility. The other one that I thought of is he files the grievance, it gets turned down, and then he takes him to court, like actual court and I don't know whether that would work either because again it's in the CBA
1: Sure I get it I mean like I'm 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 there but um you know this is one circumstance where just because it's in the rules doesn't mean that it's in the best interest of everybody so um you know when you and I are going to agree to disagree on this one like I think Jack should have a right to to what type of surgery he has on his neck like that's just that's just something basic fundamental human rights should, should allow you to have and I understand the CBA and I understand the documentation and I understand that it's a contract but um, you know I, I also think the, the Buffalo Sabres are being a little bit more bullheaded on this than they absolutely need to be and um, you know you, you, you understand why I guess. Is now
0: not the time for Buffalo to give in on this when things are going right for them and you can they kind should. of slide you, can, you might be able to slide through it a little bit easier
1: mm-hmm. yeah you should or Except trade him to somebody that the, will let well, him do it.
0: That that's the problem is they they want their they want their price. They want value. <laughs> well, then
1: then let them get healthy. You don't have an asset. I'm sorry, you don't have an asset. You don't have a healthy Jack Eichel. Yeah. Stop pretending like you're going to trade a, he- a healthy Jack Eichel when he's not healthy.
0: Ooh, I wonder if he misses the whole season.
1: That would be absolutely ridiculous and it, it, it total failure in in my estimation like you got by one who? of the better young players in the league right now
0: failure by who? figure
1: it out get it done
0: failure by
1: everybody involved fail, failure on the part of jack eichel fail, failure on the part of the buffalo sabers failure on just an inability to come to something that that is amicable for everybody i think it's a failure all the way top to bottom
0: uh, David Ayers, the Zamboni driving emergency backup goaltender that beat the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of years ago, yep, rang the siren tonight in Carolina with the Maple Leafs as the visitor. Fair or yep. foul?
1: Oh, it's fantastic! Well Love done, it. Carolina. Like Carolina hasn't met a troll they haven't you know enjoyed. One of these guys is jerks or something. Wanted to lean in too hard, so I mean they they are who they are.
0: Pressure on Jeremy Collison in Chicago right now, there's massive issues with in and around the Toronto Maple Leafs when you're talking about uh, unrest and things not going right for uh, Matthews who scored tonight to Marner, uh, Tavares, uh, the goaltending, uh, there's an injury there. It's, it's not pretty in Toronto
1: end of the second period the hurricanes are up three to one on the maple Leafs.
0: yeah that's uh that's not good uh, those are your one-timers for this monday october on uh, fox sports las vegas we're back to the Findlay chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios this is the vegas golden knights insider show here's darren millard and ryan wallace it's not going to be this week. It's not going to be in the middle of next week. But the Vegas Golden Knights will get healthy. And with that, uh, a push uh, to get back into the race in the Pacific Division. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, that's not going to happen. Like they're bad now. And they might be getting worse. Arizona trails Florida in this game tonight. 3-1 after 2. 3-1 after mm-hmm. 2 or 3-0? 3 nothing.
1: 3-1. 3-1. They scored. They,
0: they have are five even strength shots. Eight shots total. Yeah, five yeah, even good. strength shots. That's uh, that's kind of crazy.
1: The fact that they scored a goal is a is this
0: yeah. That's uh, nice. that's also they're freezing them out. That's what they're doing, freezing yeah. the kicker. All right, here's well, uh, here's it's... Chapman.
2: Okay, so I mentioned that I watched the first period of the Kraken and Canucks game on on Saturday night and. I thought it was very cool that Ann Wilson, the lead singer of Heart, sang the National Anthem. However, there was something during that anthem that caught my attention. I'm just going to play a really quick segment of it, and you tell me if you hear the same thing that I hear during this portion of the National Anthem. Gave Peru through the night. Was there a guy who yelled out night during the anthem while Ann Wilson was singing it? I didn't hear it, Ryan. Did you hear that guy yelling "night" at the end of the anthem? Do it again. All right, play it again. Gave Peru through the night. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear that guy "night." No, play it,
0: it again. It, just, play it right. again.
2: Gave Peru through the night.
0: You didn't I, hear that just, guy yelling I, at I the just end. I thought it was an echo.
2: I wasn't. Yeah, I feel
1: like that was an echo. Hearing, I don't, I don't know that I heard the word "night," but like no. that's fine.
2: Okay. I, I thought I heard someone yelling night during the anthem, which is super cool because, well, that's kind know
0: of. That clip that you played of the anthem. Yes. Is three quarters
2: the length of the <laughs> actually, clip that you played I, on play of the day. Actually, if we want to get technical, it's half. <laughs> Goodness gracious. 50% of the play of the day was Ann Wilson from Heart singing. And, and I. season's I, almost over. I felt old because I saw people on Twitter asking who Ann Wilson was you are old well 42 it's not old
0: midlife crisis what are you gonna do for hey, your Chad- i already crisis. went through it
1: chapman chapman the gilded jester has your back someone is clearly yelling night jester says on twitter
2: yeah I, I i i'm not imagining things there are people who who agree with me that that someone was yelling night during the anthem at the kraken game i don't think they were yelling kraken
0: that that, that that that's your whole focus what Instead the- of the, the first goal
2: that they scored. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I had the goal. I just I wanted to explain the significance of it.
0: Golden Knights in Denver face the Avalanche tomorrow. We'll chat with you then. <laughs>